0: there, and we welcome you all in to another edition of the Sacramento State Hornet football Stingers Up a podcast, and man, are things good in Hornet land right now. So much fun to be a part of, an absolute privilege to be able to call the games each and every week and to watch this team shine. Coming off another victory, 49-21 last week when the Hornets went to Cal Poly and won the third and final game of that three-game road gauntlet that they had to play before coming back home this week to take on Northern Colorado. Plenty for us to get into today. Certainly, we'll look back at the win over Cal Poly. We'll preview Saturday's game against Northern Colorado and special guest, one of the great receivers in Hornet history, currently playing in his final season. Hope there's football after this for Pierre Williams, but we sit down with the fourth all-time leader in catches, in yards, in touchdowns, coming off a good game at Cal Poly. Pierre Williams will join us. Uh, today on the podcast as well. So plenty for us to get to, but let's just dive right in and look back at last week at Cal Poly and recap the victory over the Mustangs. So let's start it out Uh, at the beginning, a little bit um, odd, I would say, for Sacramento State, where defensively they were on the field first, looked like they were going to get off the field pretty quickly. Cal Poly, as we expected, as Coach Troy Taylor expected, was basically going to try any and everything because Bo Baldwin is not a coach that coaches fear-based. He is going to try different things. He knew they needed touchdowns to beat Sacramento State. They were going for a lot of fourth downs, and they set the tone early when they went for a fake punt. or And a fake punt It was executed beautifully, and it tricked the Hornets, kept a drive alive, but ultimately the Hornets would get the ball. And after a three and out, which was also surprising, then the Hornets went to work. So a low-scoring first quarter, but the Hornets would finally dent the scoreboard what they've been doing a lot lately is getting ahead and staying ahead. This game would be no different. And the first quarter's only score came on the ground in the first rushing touchdown this season for Marcus Fulcher. First and goal from the two after the penalty. A toss to Fulcher trying to find a lane. Pushes the pile. Gets across the goal line. Touchdown, Sacramento State. They follow the line on the right side, power their way in, a two-yard run, touchdown Hornets. So Fulcher, who's been so good in a lot of different areas, gets in on the ground. Hornets led 7-0 after one. We take it to the second quarter. So now here's where also the Hornets have been good this season. It's getting a lead and then extending it and, and getting at arm's length and extending that distance between the opponent. And they would do that in the second quarter after another drive and a short touchdown run by Cameron Scadaboo. Cameron Skadaboo in the backfield with Asher O'Hara on first and goal from the four. Snap comes in. The give to Skadaboo. He spins. He gets in. He doesn't even go down at all. Bounces to the back of the end zone.
1: Touchdown, Hornets. Two of the defenders met him square on, shoulder pad to shoulder pad, and all he did is have a dead heat against two guys. They were both leaning. They were all low like you're supposed to be fundamentally, and then he just bounced off them and continued on. That was Impressive.
0: So, Scadaboo's night was just getting started. He would add a little bit more in the second quarter, and this one is just Cameron Scadaboo doing Cameron Scadaboo things. Right, yeah. First and ten for the Hornets at the 16. Dunaway looking left, now back to the right, throws a release valve to Scadaboo. He's going to lose one. He does. Scadaboo to the 10. Jump cut to the 5. Scadaboo is in. Oh! oh and Scadaboo oh. lowers the boom at the goal line, seeking punishment, drops the defender, uh, touchdown, Hornets.
1: Most of... But greatest moments happen after he scores the touchdown. He just buried a guy. The, how about the first guy that came up to hit him when he got there? He goes, you're one guy trying yeah. to tackle me. Good he luck. just threw him out of the way with his left arm. So he showed a move, speed, and power all yep. in one. You're right. Unbelievable. A great cutback move to the left and a stiff arm or whatever you want to call that thing that he did with the arm to get out of my face. <laughs> he's, uh, he's unbelievable. I know. He's unbelievable. 16-yard touchdown catch. The kick is
0: up, and the kick is good. Steve, he's seeking contact. What is wrong with it? There may be other players (laughs) who
1: could have scored on that play, but none with that kind of exclamation point. So
0: 21-0 Sacramento State after the first half of play. And it felt like there could have been a little bit more out there. The Hornets were sloppy a lot of the night. A couple turnovers, a lot of penalties. So that's what's encouraging about this team. The way they're winning, how effective they've been, and you still get the feeling they have more to offer, and you're going to hear more of that coming up in our interview with Pierre Williams, that he agrees, and that's scary. I mean, I think this team now in the polls has moved up to four in one of the polls, five in the other. They're a really good football team, and I don't know that we've seen their best football just yet. And to me, that's very, very exciting. So let's get you to the second half, and this is also another sign of good teams. The Hornets deferred and did not start with the football, so that means they get the ball first in the second half. And when you're already up 21 nothing. What you want to do is not relinquish, not give up. A 21 nothing game is not over. But when you get it to 28 nothing, and you have one of the best offenses in the country, you don't feel like you're going to stop at 21 or 28 or even 35. It's going to make it almost impossible for the opposing team. and That's what ended up happening last Saturday at Cal Poly to so the Hornets. Open up the second half with the ball. Go right down the field. And again on the ground, Asher O'Hara. Well, the Hornets are going to work from the shotgun. Fourth and goal from the half-yard line. Snap will come into O'Hara. He'll keep it. He will go airborne, sails into the air, lands on an offensive player, doesn't even go down, and gets into the end zone for a touchdown. Sacramento State extends the lead to 27 to nothing.
1: Yeah, Sacramento O'Hara Airlines.
0: (laughs) Well, Asher gets his seventh rushing touchdown of the year, a nine-play, 75-yard drive, his 32nd of his career overall, 16th at Sacramento State, closing in on Kevin Thompson's quarterback touchdown running record of 21. And O'Hara's been here a season not even in a half yet. So we mentioned earlier one of the signs of a good team is scoring right out of the half, right, which the Hornets did. But how about scoring when you're scored upon? So the Hornets finally give up points after pitching a shutout in the first half. The defense was doing their job, but they finally gave up some points. So it's now twenty-eight-seven. But the ensuing drive, the Hornets responded, and that's beautiful, beautiful lead. It was beautifully done. And Asher O'Hara, who's been a great rushing quarterback this year, is finding the end zone has been his knack. Our last highlight was him getting in the end zone on the ground. Well, here they flip the script, and Asher O'Hara throws one of his best passes as a Hornet and finds. Jared Gibson. So there was 5.45 left in the quarter when this drive started. Back to throw is O'Hara. He's going to look deep. Downfield. Gibson. Separation caught. Five. Touchdown! What a throw from Asher O'Hara to Jared Gibson. Touchdown, Sacramento State from 40 yards out.
1: The long ball. Perfect strike. Danny, you were right there. You couldn't be happier. It came right at you. Big ball.
2: It was a great ball. It was a Great ball by Asher. You know, everyone thinks he's going to run. It was a little will uh, up and then out, and he had the defender beat by three yards, guys, and it was just a beautiful throw, great catch. You got to love it.
0: So 35-7 Sacramento State after three quarters. Basically now you get to the fourth quarter trying to play things out, but we actually had a lot of scoring going on. Cal Poly would score to make it 35-14, but yet again the Hornets respond quickly. You're thinking here, oh, maybe they're going to take one of those 10-minute drives Nope, they changed it up. They went through the air, did nine plays in two minutes and 20 seconds, and responds quickly as Jake Dunaway finds Pierre Williams. Dunaway looks over the middle, throws a deep ball down the sideline for Pierre Williams. Pierre is bodied. He catches it and goes into the end
1: zone. How did he do that? He was interfered with brutally and still caught the ball. And who was right next to the catch? His best friend, Danny Sullivan.
2: Guys, that was a beautiful, it was underthrown. Pierre had to come back to the ball, came turned around, but the uh, defender did not see it, and he was able to uh, to snag it off off a part of part of his back and just walk backwards right into the end zone, guys. Danny, you gotta
1: love that. How fun is it to be down there where you are when that happens? <laughs> I love my you, job. You've <laughs> caught two. You've been right there for two long touchdown passes. That was gorgeous. Twenty-seven you're, yard you're, touchdown. You're buying dinner, Danny.
0: <laughs> Low snap. <laughs> Extra point is placed down or kicked up and good. So Sacramento State extends to 42 to 14. Quick response by the Hornets. There's still 10:30 to go in the game. Sacramento State up big, 42-14. 42-14. Here now, uh, Cal Poly would score again to make it 42-21, and then would get uh, creative and try an onside kick. Hornets read that and would respond even quicker. A one-play, 35-yard score, and more magic from Cameron Scadaboo. Miller goes in motion. Handoff goes to Scadaboo. Scadaboo up the middle. Scadaboo gets to the second level. Runs through one. 20, 15. He's got a stiff arm and dives for the pylon. He's in! Touchdown Cameron Scataboo! Oh, on. There was on. a late ruling. Scataboo is amazing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> when there was one defender left, I'm like, I feel sorry for that guy. I really do. Scataboo stiff arms and pushes him down the field and then dives in the end zone. A 35 yard touchdown run
0: by Cameron Scataboo. He has his second rushing touchdown of the game. He has a 16-yard touchdown reception. The Hornets have 48 on the board, and now awaiting an extra point. What a run! So 49-21. Cal Poly was actually threatening for even more. Dylan George would get a pickoff at the goal line, and from our vantage point, it sure looked like he was going to go 100 yards for a score. He ran out of gas, but that's okay. He 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 forced the turnover. Took it all the way down to the 20-yard line. And then at that point, basically, the Hornets just had to take a knee and isolate another impressive win. The uh, snap comes into Caden Bennett. He takes the knee. And uh, both sides are going to come out to the center of the field and acknowledge a good battle, but a battle that is won by Sacramento State. The Hornets, for the first time in 40 years and only the second time in school history, they start the season 4-0. and they have advanced their regular season win streak to 12 consecutive wins. Troy Taylor now in two seasons as Sacramento State's head coach is an impressive 17-1 and versus Big Sky teams and 9-0 and on the road. The final score, Sacramento State 49, Cal Poly 21. Your fifth-ranked Hornets will be home next week. To take on Northern Colorado and Steve, this run continues and
3: it is mighty impressive.
2: Uh, how would you describe tonight's game? Great victory for the Hornets tonight.
3: Yeah, the guys, the guys did a great job. Came out, came out fast, and uh, you know Cal Poly's team that just kept swinging and and made it hard on us. So uh, proud of our guys though. Um, got through all three phases, played pretty well. Thought our defense did a good job there till the end, um, keeping it out of the end zone, and uh, we did a great job maintaining the football on
2: offense. Gotta be uh, proud of this team. They've done well. Going to uh, get started in the Big Sky Conference. Good one zero start, and first, first time four and zero in 40 years for before you and I were even born.
3: <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> 40
3: years. I was I was definitely born, but uh, maybe not you, Danny. Me too. I yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good to be four and zero, uh, and you know we'll enjoy this on on the way back on the bus. It's special to be undefeated at this point you know, in the season, and, um, and then we get home and, you know, work work on the next opponent, which is Northern Colorado, who's an improved team, and, and we get to play a home game, Danny, yes, which is pretty exciting. cool.
2: Do you know what home looks like?
3: <laughs> and we're excited to get get back home. Hopefully we have a huge crowd, and they're really loud, and, and support this incredible team we have. Congratulations on the victory, Coach. Thanks, Danny. Stingers up.
0: So, 4-0 for the second time in school history, but only other time was 40 years ago. They continue to win on the road. They continue to win in conference. They continue to score a ton of points. Defense was really good for the first half. And, you know, again, I feel like we're almost now nitpicking on the Hornets, but that's what you have to do. You have to find areas to improve, and there always are areas to improve. I certainly mentioned the 12 penalties, a couple of turnovers, a couple of empty drives, maybe a a few uh, broken plays defensively. But all in all, when you are 4-0, 1-0 now in the big sky, and on a great regular season run, this team is is in a groove, and they just need to keep it going and tre- keep, you know, seeking better play. And that's what's exciting to me about this team is there's more out there. Now, as far as the week went, uh, based on the results and the win, another defensive player of the week honor goes to Armand Bailey. Second straight week for him. He's the third player in Hornet history, defensive player, to win the award twice in a season. He joins Anthony Daisley who did it in 99, and Cyrus Mulatalo, who did it back in 2006. For Bailey, nine tackles. Six of them were solo. He had a sack. That was a 10-yard loss, a pass breakup, and a quarterback hurry. So a good week, a great week for the Sacramento State Hornet football program. So uh, let's hear from one of those guys who was always good, incredibly consistent, has had so many great highlights over his Hornet career. I had a chance this week to catch up with one of the Hornet all-time greats, Pierre Williams we mentioned last week five catches 79 yards and an amazing catch in the end zone Uh, he's fourth all-time in catches in touchdowns and in yards and it truly was a pleasure to catch up with one of the Hornet greats Pierre Williams all right so get a chance to catch up with uh, multiple time all big sky selection Pierre Williams wide receiver for the Hornets Uh, Pierre before we get into football let's get a little uh little
4: background how did you end up uh, as a Hornet uh, so it started off, I originally had offers from Nevada and Fresno State, and then I ended up getting injured. I broke my ankle my senior year, and then I lost those offers. And then the coaches, uh, the previous staff here at Sac State, they ended up finding out. So then I was able to get an offer at the last minute, and I had no other choice. So yeah. I committed here, but, I mean, it turned out to be a good thing. Who was I'm
0: thinking back to then? Which coach kind of landed you from the previous staff? Which was your recruiting coach? Uh,
4: Jason Pollock, the receivers oh, yeah. coach, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then him and Henry Fernandez came down like immediately once they found out. Came to my school, and then like a few days after they came to my house with Coach Sears, and then they offered me they told, <clears throat> they told me to come up for a visit, and then they offered me the, that weekend, and I ended up committing. So,
0: I'm I don't know this for certain, but I, as your Hornet career went on, there might have been chances to leave so what was it about Sacramento State that that kept you here
4: um I don't like moving too much <laughs> but no it's a, it was a good fit and a good program and I have my brother coming so I, yeah. I always wanted to play with him again because we usually played together on the same teams when we were younger and I wanted to get that chance again and he was getting recruited by Sac State so I felt why not and I have family here and yeah. a lot of friends here and so yeah
0: when so when did you know he was coming I mean you were you're a couple years ahead of him
4: yeah, it was, so it would have been my junior year, my redshirt sophomore year in football, the uh, 2019 season. I found out they were recruiting him, and then they ended up offering him during that season, and then he committed. So it was it was, it was set for a while. As far as, um, I, if I remember this
0: right, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I thought there was some story, maybe it was your freshman year, um, where you made a catch, like, in practice. Oh, I think, I'm, I think I'm landing this
4: right. You You fill in the rest if I'm going down this it's just kind of built over time yeah uh it was during our bye week so it was they were doing like the freshman or the scout team they were like we were kind of having like a small scrimmage and I I had drank a lot of water and I I know now because I like I always drink a lot of water on sidelines so but I drank a lot of water and I started running and then I felt it starting to come up and then there was right before one play I started to throw <laughs> throw the water all back up And then I ended up, the quarterback still threw me the ball. I didn't run a route or nothing. I just turned, and then he threw me the ball, and I caught it one handed over my head while throwing up. (laughs) And then I just threw the ball back to him, and then I walked off the field. But yeah, that's something uh, people, the people that have been here or that are able to remember that, they always bring that up.
0: So I'm thinking about your personal career here and um, what's after. Obviously, I, I, I think maybe more football, but what, what, what's the plan after? Hopefully, this season ends many, many weeks from now.
4: Yeah, um, that's that's the goal. I mean, I've, I talk I talk a lot with my parents, and obviously, I've done this for a long time, and it's a shame to let to just stop afterwards. So I would love to continue to play football. I've put all this work in my whole life and gone through so many different things. So hopefully, I get an opportunity to play somewhere. I'm not I don't really care where, but Um, just continue to play and hopefully make a little money off it is a good thing
0: (laughs) have you heard feedback along that realm like is does it feel like a a legitimate
4: chance for you uh yeah from the information I heard I feel like I have a a good shot at playing somewhere like I said I'm not sure exactly where but I, I do feel like I have a good chance especially with my work ethic and my skills that I have I feel like someone could notice that and potentially take me in so
0: So tell us about your journey here as the football player it's uh you've kind of seen everything I mean the COVID year was weird um you've had individual success now it's individual success with team success what's this run been like?
4: Uh, It's honestly been great it was it was kind of shaky the first my first year playing which was 2018 because we went two and eight and I wasn't sure exactly like what would happen the the rest of my years here but then the new coaches came in and everything turned around so quickly. And it's just kind of – it's kind of been like a fairy tale, kind of because you're just riding and just nonstop winning. I just want to keep that going. Like, I want to go further. Like, we've reached the first – or it was our first round of playoffs, but the second round of playoffs. But I need – I want to get past that, especially with this being my last year. I want to go all the way. Like, I don't want – I don't want to settle for anything less. You've
0: lived it. How – I marvel at how it's turned so amazingly well for you guys, how dominant it's been, not to take away from talent, but this coaching staff too. Like, how – how has this worked in your mind, like, so amazingly well?
4: Uh, I just feel like our coaches are very knowledgeable. Like, most of our coaches have all played or um, coached at the FBS level, at a high level, so they brought their knowledge down to us. And I feel like w- they've definitely helped nurture and groom us to become the players and the team that we've become because they obviously have the winning experience and all that that comes with it.
0: What, for you, has been your favorite highlight so far, whether it's you individually, team-wise, Remember talking to you a few years ago uh, after the NAU comeback, which was a miracle. But uh, what 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 stands out to you? What are some of the memories you're going to take with you?
4: Uh, probably the championships and just like the because we we have a lot of first. Mm-hmm. So like first team to win a championship, first team to win nine games, first team to uh, go to the playoffs. So a lot of those things. It's like you don't realize it in those in those moments, but like I sit back sometimes and I think like wow, like we'll forever be that team that was the first Sacramento State team to whatever. they they want to throw out there so that's just something that I always like it's kind of cool and that's where like this year I want to be the first team to win a playoff game the first team to win a national championship I want to be I just want to keep making first for us
0: you guys weren't the first to do it but beating Colorado State a couple weeks ago and the way you did it it looked to me like just another Saturday for you guys but that was Pretty amazing how you handled them.
4: Yeah, that was another thing. The FBS, I always wanted the FBS win. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been close many times, even dating back to 2018. We were close, and it was just we were always just right there. Didn't have enough, and then this this year is just I don't know. I kind of treated it like a. It was just another game, and then we just went in there and handled our business. I was very proud of the way we played. You guys got a nice regular season win
0: streak going here. I know you talk about goals of the playoffs, um, but the the fact that you guys make it look pretty easy haven't trailed uh, you know very much barely seconds i think in this win streak even last weekend watching you guys at cal poly it was dominant but i also
4: feel like there's still more do you feel like that's out there too oh i i definitely feel like our ceiling is so much higher than what we played like there's we make some mistakes or there's certain things where we're not doing our best certain plays where we're not executing the way we should so I, i definitely feel like even though all these wins we've won like handily I feel like we could have we could have destroyed some of these teams a lot more than we have, which is it's a good thing too because it should, I feel like we can still get a lot better, and especially we need to be getting better throughout the year. So I'm happy that there's still room that I feel like we can grow. I don't feel like we've tapped or even come close to the ceiling yet. So how was it you played with Kevin
0: Thompson and you get quarterback every week? Now you're getting two, and it might change per play, per series. It's no longer weird, probably. But how was that transition with both uh, Jake and Asher?
4: Um, yeah, it. I don't really – like, I notice it, but I don't. Like, it's just kind of, like, become normal to me, like you yeah. said. But, I mean, they're both two great quarterbacks, and I don't care who's throwing me the ball. It's just – they're both great. They both have their certain skills, and they both do well. And sometimes they flip. You see Jake running, and then you'll see Ash throw the ball, or you do something. So it's always – it's great to have two because then it throws the defense on. They can't really get acclimated to one or the other. They have to have two game plans, essentially, for both of them. So it's it's nice to have two different quarterbacks to throw the defense off a little bit.
0: And the fact that you have so many other weapons. I mean, you've set so many school marks and you're moving up the ladder and all these things, but it might be a week where you get a couple catches and still have a huge impact with your blocking and catching and Martin goes off or Gibson or Scadaboo or someone else. It feels like this team's as good of an offense as I've seen in a long time. How do you feel about your offense?
4: No, we have – that's a great point. We have weapons everywhere, and that's the thing. Like, I may not have had the biggest year that I've had so far, but – everyone, like, can go off at any moment. And that's such a danger to other teams because, like, you don't know who it is, who it will be. Like you said, we have Jared. We have also Chris Miller. We have Marshall, Marcus Fulcher, Mm -hmm. uh, Cameron Scadabo, all of those guys that can – and there's more – all of those guys that can just go off at any moment. And it's all people you have to look out for. It's not like you can just – focus on one person and okay we're going to game plan and try to shut this guy down because there's so many of us to try to stop and it's like you can't do that yeah
0: i've really been impressed by you and your rest of your teammates downfield
4: blocking is that something you guys have really worked on yeah of course like i just view it as like looking out for each other like Mm -hmm. because i would want someone to block for me if i have the ball so i just try to do the same for them and it's like and i will ever since i was young i figured if i'm not getting the ball i might as well do something i take whatever if I'm angry, if I'm whatever, I'll take it all out on the the defender. So and I, I don't know, I enjoy blocking. I enjoy like I don't know, just uh physically overpowering someone or driving them back. So yeah, that's I take I take pride in my blocking and not not too many receivers block at a high level and that's one thing that I feel like to be a complete receiver, you need to be able to block, catch, run routes, do something with the ball afterwards. So I try to work on all my areas in the game.
0: How about as far as being a receiver? What what do you take the most joy in as far as catches go? I'm thinking back to this year. There's the tip ball at Colorado State that you kind of box out and get a get a touchdown there. Cal Poly an amazing touchdown grab. Um, what thrills you the most? Catching early and running a long way. Like what's what when you dream about plays? What what do you think about?
4: Uh, I kind of drink dream of a couple of different. Like I usually like kind of, like visualize myself doing a couple of different things but I think my favorite is probably like catching a ball and just like making people miss and missing making people miss tackles so that's probably something I I've always enjoyed and then definitely like always like going over the top of someone or trying to snag a ball off someone's head that's like another a close second
0: are you going to now uh catch one near the goal line and seek a defender like Scataboo does what's what's wrong
4: with him that, <laughs> I didn't I didn't see the second one I seen the one that he had against Utah Tech yeah. but Uh, I don't think if I have to run through someone yes I will run through someone but like I'm not going to initiate contact the way he does he's just a different animal
0: (laughs) how about you mentioned earlier playing with your brother he's here on the defensive line Um, that's to me got to be a pretty cool experience
4: no it's very cool it gets me it gives me so much energy watching him like because I'll be tired of ever coming to the sideline and then I'll get up and I'll like, oh, Xavier's in the game, so I'll go watch him. And then like I'll see him do whatever he's doing, and it just like excites me and gets me ready to go back out there because it's like I want to try to give him the same energy that he's giving me. So I'm trying to do something when I go out in the field, and then he's giving me energy when he's on the field. So, it, and it's just so cool to watch my my little little big brother yeah. little uh, brother go out there and and just play football because he's had a lot of different like. Uh, setbacks whether it's uh physically or mentally because of those physical setbacks and it's like to see him finally out there after all these years and all these different things he's had going it's just like it makes me really happy to see
0: sounds like you guys are more cheerleaders for one another as opposed to you're not critiquing his game or
4: him you as much or how how does that relationship go Uh, he has my father does that for both of us (laughs) so he doesn't need an extra uh, (laughs) mouth in his ear trying to tell him what to do yeah
0: um, so, if we flipped roles, who would do better? You as a defensive lineman, or Xavier as a wide
4: receiver? I played defensive end when I was younger, okay. and I was really good. But he did play tight end all throughout his <laughs> high school career, and he played. He's he was always a skilled guy until he got here. So he'd probably be a better receiver or tight end than I am, D lineman. But so it's, I, I'd be all right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's you two and Brandon Weldon living together. It feels like this is a reality show potential. What's the what's the <laughs> what's the living
4: situation like it's constant laughter craziness uh (laughs) yelling sometimes (laughs) just i don't know it's just there's never a dull moment when (laughs) when it's us three so it's been really fun living with them and uh yeah i just i don't know it's just such an enjoyment (laughs) um
0: so it's it's probably gone fast and it's going i'm sure faster you'd like it to slow down i know you're enjoying all of this what uh what kind of goals and visions do you have then as this season progresses? You mentioned keep chasing and, and getting playoff wins. Um is that kind of what you think about what motivates you?
4: Yeah, I mean this this could very be very well be my last season of football and like I always keep that and this next week could be my last season of football. So I always try to just maximize the time that I have with this game. So as many games as we can get, I'm, I'm going to try to do all I can and work as hard as I can to help this team get to get to that point and maximize the amount of football that we can play this year. All the hard work we put in the off season, it's like well, yeah, everyone's going to get 11, 12 games or however many games they have on a schedule. And it's like I want to get more than that. like we work hard and we work harder than most people I feel like, so I want to try to do put all that to to use and reach the top level. I hope there's a lot more football for you after
0: that if uh there's not what uh what would you like to do if there's no more football after this year
4: um I've always wanted to be like a trainer coach kind of I wanted to like kind of create my own nonprofit profit organization and help nice. kids um in underserved areas or whether it's like underserved or even areas like I'm from the Central Valley we don't get too many too much like hype or recruitment from athletes like we're starting to get a couple more but it's like I want to bring some presence to that area. And there's another player at Cal, which I, I had a, I ran a camp with him um, this summer, and uh, he's trying to do the same thing. So I feel like if we can get a couple guys from the Valley, we can hopefully bring some attention and bring some more college coaches down to the, to the Valley to, to see the um, type of players we have there. That's awesome. And lastly,
0: how cool is it, Pierre, to see, I mean, your name is just moving up, catches, touchdowns, yards, and it, it's going to be up there forever. That's pretty cool.
4: Uh Yeah, it's something like – it's crazy to think because, like, I see – I like, when I first came, I seen the certain names, or I see the names on the boards outside here, and and I'm like, wow, like, that – they probably did had to do so much. And, like, to be in that position where I'm coming up is, like – it's just kind of crazy to think that my name will be in the history book somewhere mm-hmm. for the rest of my life here. Like, if I had children, like, they'll be able to see that, or just other people who may know me or yeah. – fans that I may have created over the years like they'll they'll see the work that I've put in so that, that's just pretty cool to think about yeah it's
0: awesome well I've enjoyed calling your games it's been fun watching you I hope there's a lot more wins and more records ahead
4: for you thank you I appreciate it
0: Well I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did Pierre one of the just it was a pleasure to talk to him he's a lot of fun got great perspective wants to play football after this and I think there's football in his future he's been a great Hornet and I love the fact that he's thirsty for more he wants this team to keep winning he wants playoff wins, and I think that's all of what Hornet fans want, but I can hear the coaching staff and players. There's a long way to go. You've got a game to worry about this week, and that game to worry about is Northern Colorado, and there are no guarantees in this conference. There are no guarantees in this sport. The Hornets, in their history, have fared very well against Northern Colorado, but that doesn't carry over into this week per se. Northern Colorado is coming off a loss to Idaho. They are currently 2 and. Three overall, one and one in league play. I would say there's there's a sense of improvement. Uh, Coach McCaffrey, Ed McCaffrey, of course, had NFL ties, has his son, Dylan, as the quarterback. And last year was year one. You could tell there's been a roster overhaul coming into year two. And one of those new names on this roster is a familiar name to Sacramento State Hornet fans. And that's Elijah Dotson. Elijah Dotson is one of the greatest running backs in Sacramento State Hornet history left the program, and entered the transfer portal. And this transfer portal has, I would say, changed the game. Elijah uh, was feeling like it wasn't best to finish his career as a Hornet. There were other running backs that were competing with him, and maybe his – it wasn't going like the first couple of years for Elijah Dotson where he was the featured back, doing everything as a receiving running back and as a rushing running back, and had some great years, great games, and elected to enter the transfer portal after four games a year ago. And it landed him at Northern Colorado. And now we're seeing him as a return man, their primary runner. He's had some really good statistical games. And it's going to be a nice added wrinkle to this Saturday's game because it's a player that I don't think there's a lot of animosity towards. There's friends like talking to Pierre, who we heard from earlier. He and many of his teammates are still friends with Elijah Dotson. So, I mean, this is this doesn't have to be – um, a combative relationship, and it certainly doesn't seem like it is. But, of course, the Hornets want to win. They'd love to slow down Elijah Dotson because that would help them in their quest to win and wish him nothing the best, but the best after that. So we look at a team that has had some success but has really given up a lot of points. And I feel like if the Hornets can play a clean game, take care of the football, limit penalties, and do what they do best offensively with a sound defense and great special teams, they're going to have an excellent chance to win. But you got to do that. It's not given to you. None of these things are. And this Saturday will be a uh, pink game, pink awareness, as far as raising awareness for breast cancer. So that's something that will be featured this Saturday. I encourage everybody to get out there. This team is so much fun. 6 o'clock, get there early, support this team. Weather's going to be fantastic. And we're watching something special. What Troy Taylor and this coaching staff and the players have done has never been done in this program. And if they are able to win on Saturday, it would be the first time in school history that this team would be 5-0. and There's so many firsts that this school and this team and this group has done, and you've got to enjoy it. I know Hornet fans that have been around for any length of time can remember some lean years in there, and they weren't that far ago. They weren't that long ago. But you just keep going. You just keep pushing as a program. You look for improvement, and that's what this team has done. It's been absolutely a joy to watch. All right, let's update you before we get out of here on a few more things from the Big Sky. We, of course, talked about Sacramento State being in action against uh, Northern Colorado this Saturday. The other games you have on the Saturday schedule, Cal Poly is at Northern Arizona. Idaho State at Montana State. Portland State will go out of league and host – a game here from a small college in Lincoln, Lincoln, California. Uh, you've got Eastern Washington still on the top twenty-five at number seven, Weber State. That should be a good game. And a couple of teams with buys, including Idaho, Montana, and UC Davis. And if we look at the standings overall right now, currently in the conference, there's three teams that are undefeated. We mentioned Montana as the week off. Montana State, they are 2-0. and And Idaho, Idaho's going to be a problem for the Hornets. They play them on homecoming. They are 2-0. and The undefeated, other undefeated teams, Weber State, they're 1-0. And, of course, your Sacramento State Hornets, 1-0 in conference play. Uh, overall, you still have several teams ranked in this conference. At the top is really good with Montana being up there high, Montana State, of course, Sacramento State, and Weber State. So, uh, still some things to watch. Eastern Washington's a dangerous team. I know they had to play last Sunday. Due to Hurricane Ian, and uh, was forced to play Florida. Then they had a tough one there. UC Davis is the week off. They dropped to one and four. They're going to have to get hot. Their schedule has been brutal. So a couple of teams that were on everybody's radar that can still turn things around. But right now the conference looks like looks like at the moment between Idaho, Montana State, Montana, Weber State, and Sacramento State. But long way to go. Things can turn. Things can turn quickly. And the Hornets know that. So they got to stay the course keep things going in the right direction as they've been doing, and let see what they can do this Saturday against Northern Colorado. We hope you enjoy the game. We hope you listen to the broadcast as well if you get a chance. And certainly we thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to do, especially when this team is winning like they do each and every week. My thanks to Pierre Williams for joining us. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week for another edition of the Stingers Up Football Podcast.